From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser, Phil Johnson. All right, hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you happen to be listening for the first time, uh, definitely thank you for stopping by and checking out the show. You got to visit stormfrontfreaks.com. There you can access our library of all of our previous shows with famous guests from the weather industry, like the creators of the Outbreak Storm Chasing video game and Rick Reichmuth of Fox News, just to name a couple. But tonight, uh, this is episode 86, and we have ABC Birmingham's chief meteorologist, James Spann, is returning back to the show. So, James, looking forward to chatting with you a little bit. Um, You're also going to get to hear us play our game show, Lightning Round, with James. Uh, And stick around later, because we've got our WX resources and our even and ever popular hashtag weather fools. But before we get to all of that, we always got to find out uh, who's joining us tonight, who's with us tonight from the team. So every time we record, it's always happy hour. It doesn't matter where you are. We invite you to join us as long as you're not driving or at work. Uh, so let's go around the horn. MJ, uh, we'll start with you. What are you drinking? All right. Tonight we've got a Captain and Coke. In oh, a, neat. In a Disney glass. In a Mickey. Mickey Mouse glass. The, the common, and I hear they're doing uh, the D23 conference uh, that Disney does every year or every other year. It's, I think this weekend. They're supposed to be right. making some big announcements about uh, Marvel movies and oh, yeah, sure. Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. Maz, Maz is here. What are you drinking? I got my Husker cup with a mystery drink. It's actually water on ice. So <laughs> I was dehydrated today, so I'm like, I need to hydrate. Dehydrated. Okay. <laughs> That, that works. Uh, Dina, Dina's here this evening. Yeah, what do you got? I'm here. I wasn't really drinking anything too crazy. I just have my raspberry ice. I know Brady likes it though. Oh yeah, that it is an excellent mixer. It's an incredible. <laughs> mixer. All right, and and speaking of the devil, uh, we're welcoming back in tonight uh, Brady Harris, who hasn't been with us for a while. Brady's a atmospheric science graduate, but welcome back, Brady. And what what are you drinking? You know, you I'm be drinking celebrating, right? Uh, you know what? I I'm celebrating tomorrow night. Tonight I'm just having some water. Just some God, water. MJ, it's, it's you and me tonight, buddy. Wow. It is. It is. Might be a sober show. I don't know how yeah, it's maybe, yeah, that's maybe. Going on. All right. Well, let's I mean, uh, let's go ahead and, and get to our uh, get to our guest. Dina, uh, introduce James. All like, right. like he needs one, but go ahead. <laughs> tonight we welcome James Spann. He's the chief meteorologist at ABC 3340 in Birmingham, Alabama. In all, James has been a television weather anchor for over 37 years. A multiple Emmy winner, James has received the two highest awards in the nation for a broadcast meteorologist. One is the Broadcaster of the Year by NWA, and the other was the AMS Award for Broadcast Meteorology. A panelist on the Weather Brains podcast, James has recently authored and released an autobiography titled Weathering Life. So, James, we all read your book. We loved it. Um, a couple things. I have a ton of questions for you, but the one you talked about um, uh, something that happened to you in the 70s, and I'm wondering if that's what got you into <laughs> meteorology. 
safety. I was like, this and could be an talked, interesting question yeah, already. Yeah, this is a good one. But you talked a lot about some damage and in, uh, injuries you saw in an EF4 or uh, F4 back then. In the 70s, it changed you, and you hadn't really talked about it a lot until you wrote the book. I'm wondering if you can yeah, elaborate. You, you didn't bit. ask me what I was drinking. Uh, <laughs> well, I knew my you were drinking diet Dew. That's put good. It in a Mountain Dew bottle. Diet Dew. No, do. so I, I'm a child of the 1970s. I, I and look, I, I don't hide my age or my everything about me is open. I'm 63, and by the way, I'm just getting started. I have no plans on retiring anytime soon. Uh, good but, for you. So I'm a child. I'm a child of the 70s, and um, I really. I guess the best way to put it, and it sounds a little odd, but in terms of weather, I lost my innocence the night of April 3rd, 1974. I had always, always wanted thunderstorms, wanted tornadoes, wanted large hail and damaging winds. It was a total turn on. It was exciting for me. It was the adrenaline push that I think we all feel. I never thought about the consequences, really. Uh, but my senior year in high school was April 1974. And... Uh, I I think everybody on this show knows what happened that night. That was the night of the super outbreak. We had a horrible tornado outbreak from the southern United States and eastern Canada. And at the time, it was the largest tornado outbreak uh, in the United States. Well, there was a desperate call for help in all of these hard hit areas in, in my part of the world down here in the northern half of Alabama. And understand, uh, you all back in 1974, we didn't have these. Uh, cell phones were not in existence. And Amateur radio was it. And quite frankly, today, ham radio is still very important. But my, I got a license when I was 14, and they wanted me to go volunteer. So the high school principal gave me three days off to do that. And that first night, my, they set me up in a town called Jasper, Alabama, which is about 40 miles northwest of Birmingham. And they put me in the hospital there because they wanted to establish a link between the hospital and the relief agencies in Birmingham. And for some reason, to this day, I don't know why, they, they set me up in the emergency room and I was not ready for what I saw that night. I, I never thought about it. But all of these people, they were just coming in wave after wave after wave. And the nature of the injuries was so grotesque that uh, I don't think a 17-year-old child should really be seeing a lot of that. I, I've not talked about it really publicly or privately, and I don't want to, but I, I had night terrors for... A couple of years after that, uh, had very intense dreams of what I saw, but that was the night I realized there's a lot more to this than chasing storms and having fun and the adrenaline rush. There's a really serious side to this, and the uh, loss of life that night was pretty staggering. 80 people died in my state, and some of those that I saw in that hospital died in the emergency room. So I, I guess I had to experience that for some reason to maybe set the stage for what I've done for 41 years. Yeah. So, so James, that kind of leads me to the next question. Um, you know, obviously everyone knows you don't get much sleep. You're always on Twitter. You're always everywhere. Um, is that part of what kind of keeps you going? Um, you know, I guess, what is it that motivates you to spend all of those hours, you know, just. I, I, yeah, I, th I think that's part of it. But really what, what happened to me when I was a child is the main factor. Um, when I was seven, uh, my father opted out one night. We lived in a small town in South Alabama, and my father left, and he never came back. He never said goodbye, have a nice life, see you later. He was gone, and he never paid one cent of child support, and I have no siblings, and it was me and my mom, and 
all of a sudden we were broke and we were hurting. But the one positive thing that came out of that deal, in fact, this is my secret. In fact, I'll tell the world my secret on this show here. I am not that good at anything I do. I'm not that good as a, as a practitioner in meteorology. All the volunteer things I do, I'm not that good. But I will work harder than anybody else to accomplish a, a goal. And that work ethic came as a result of what happened when I was seven. I had to go to work. I, I, I cut grass. I, I would carry golf clubs at the little country club they had here. Anything I could do. And, and ever since that happened, I've been a fighter and a scrapper, and I work hard. So I think that's the reason I, I don't sleep a lot. Uh, part of it is just the work ethic that, that happened when I was seven. And that is the other part is the fact that some of the stuff I saw back in the 70s lets me know, even to this day, we've got a lot of work to do. And, of course, the other problem now, you know, for years and years, I worried about being on television uh, in the evening. But that that is the least time-consuming thing I do. Uh, now with, you know, the digital stuff and phones, it never turns off, never turns off. So you have to be producing products and services all the time. So I sleep about three hours a night during the week, which is probably not healthy. <laughs> it ages you. <laughs> I mean, I know you're only 30. Yeah, I, I'm, only, I'm only 27 years old. This is no way. <laughs> James, since you were last on our podcast, you haven't aged a day. So that, no, yeah. Yeah. James, that, that needs it. to be your next book. You're talking about work ethic. You need to, you need to write a, a leadership or work ethic uh, book, although they're, they're all over the place. But, uh, but that would be good. But, hey, so I, I want to jump to you talked a little bit about uh, your father. Well, in the book, you also talked about 30 years later, finding him and going back to see him. Uh, I recently saw a documentary on TV on Netflix, and part of it was a very similar situation, a, a guy that, that searched out his father who left him and his uh, sister and mother uh, at a very young age, and he, he went to find him, and that's not initially what the whole documentary was supposed to be about, but it, it became a, a focal point. What were your thoughts? So, I mean, the... the before you went knocking on your door, what what were you what were you thinking at that point? You hadn't seen him for thirty years. Yeah, of course I, I tried not to think about him, but the truth is, deep down inside, he haunted me probably every day. I, I didn't, I wasn't totally aware of that, maybe, but I I knew if I didn't resolve this, this is not, it's just not going to work. I needed to do that, and I'm very thankful because a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do that, where a parent just leaves and you're abandoned. You don't have the chance to go confront this person face to face. And for me, what I needed to do was to tell him that he's been forgiven. That's the that was the urgent need for me. I, I needed to tell this man, you have no problem with me. I've forgiven you for what you've done. And I need you to hear that. And so I was very fortunate in the fact that I got a chance to see him that that one time. It was not a good experience, but but I'll say this when, when I looked this guy in the eye, this door opened up. And, and at first nobody knew who he was or where he lived, but we knew he lived in the area. And we kept knocking on doors. And finally, finally somebody knew. And they said, Go around the corner, go to this house on the right. And we did that. And and I knocked on the door and it opened up. And I was looking at my father for the first time in 30 years. He, he abandoned me when I was seven. And understand, y'all, he crushed me like a bug on a windshield. You don't know how bad it hurts until it happens to you. And when I looked at him, 
you know, some things happened. First off, some of the stuff I was fighting was kind of taken away. I used to be a hothead. I mean, I, I was full of hate and anger and rage. I'd be the kind of guy that'd call up a TV station mad because you cut off some TV program. You know, I, I was eaten up with that. And at the same time as that was leaving, things that came back were really special to me. Memories, memories of me and that guy doing things before he left when I was four, five, and six years old. He took me to Gumry. He took me fishing in Georgiana, stuff that means nothing to anybody, but it means the world to me. So I've got those memories with me, and you can't steal them from me. And, and I cling to the hope that maybe he loved me. I, I don't know if he did. He never, ever, ever told me that. But I cling to the hope that he did. But the encounter was not good because he was drunk. Uh, he had a condition called alcohol dementia, which basically means after years and years and years of chronic alcohol abuse, it, it's, it was bad. It was like talking to a wall. Uh, but I said what I needed to say. The encounter had to happen, and I was a changed person because of that. I really like reading your, about your faith that you you just put out there. I was just so so happy to hear that. I mean, I, I felt like there's there's a few things I really enjoyed. Number one was um, really getting to know who you are and the stuff that you went through. And we're not that far off in age, so when we went back to the the LFM and the NGM and all that, I was like, oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot the paper was wet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was just amazing. So I got to relive a lot of that stuff, and, and I appreciate that. But I think this is a book it, – it, it's – it's just really good on so many levels. It's good for people to read because it gives you an idea of what you go through, the uh, the craziness of the business, where you can go. But I have to say, even though you've had all that pain and stuff, you've had a blessed life, man. Mm-hmm. You really, yeah, have. I, I really have. You know, and, and the weird thing about me, I've never applied for a job in my life. You know, it's that like I'm me. I, when you said wrote that in your book, I'm like, you never did a resume or anything. That's crazy. I, I've, I've never filled out a job application. Oh, the, wow. the, 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 the first time I, I, I got a job at this radio station, which was really I, I cut grass. I, I've been working since I was seven. But when I went to that little radio station that they called the high school and said, is there any kid that that's willing to work really bad hours for minimum wage? And they gave him my name because they, they knew <laughs> I needed to work. That's good. And, and I went out there. I didn't fill out anything. I, I didn't do anything. They just said, show up tomorrow morning at four o'clock before school and we'll teach you how to do what you need to do. And all of these other jobs, it's just come that way. So, yeah, I, I've been I've been very blessed and I could live my life a million times over. And this whole thing would not happen exactly this way. And I keep having this nightmare that one day somebody's going to say, man, you got to get a real job. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I have never worked a day in my life. And that is so true. I want to say true. It Kathy originally said this, but if you love what you do, you will never work a day in your life. I've been doing this 41 years. I can't wait to come to work tomorrow to come in this store and be able to tell a story about weather across all these platforms and, and get paid to do it. It's just it's been an amazing ride. And the amazing thing, too, you know, when I was in high school, nobody said this was a viable career option. I don't know if you guys, you know, had to do this, but you go see the guidance counselor in mm-hmm. high school. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this lady, you know, you, you took some little test and she said, my, my two big choices for me would be forestry or funeral home director. Oh, <laughs> so construction worker. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, are those related even. <laughs> so but I did think, you know, well, you're always going to have people that pass away and you'll have trees around. But, uh, you know, the, the 70s came about and, and a little TV station in Tuscaloosa offered me a job. 
And I've been working in radio for years, just working my way through high school and college. And they say they heard me do some weather during those horrible, horrible events in the 70s. And we had just nonstop extreme weather. And they were willing to give me a raise. I mean, I was going to make a little bump up to $2 an hour here. And I'm thinking they're going to pay me to talk about weather on television. This is like awesome. How come nobody told me this when I was in high school? Because my first major was electrical engineering. Wow. Uh, sure. I, I figured I'd just be a volunteer storm spotter and do that and, you know, go work for Southern Company and design stuff. But in uh, about the time all this happened was about the time Mississippi State started that distance learning program. And I was one of the first ones through there. And to this day, every summer, in fact, I was just there uh, two weeks ago. I speak to the big summer workshop they do because they gave me this opportunity to do what I do for a living. So I'm always thankful to them too. I saw your video. <laughs> uh oh, yeah. Probably, back to high school, was... the high school video. Oh yeah. Oh, oh that, that one. Oh, that's oh, awesome. You, you talk about a greaser. So, so I didn't look guys. I, I am from deep, deep South Alabama. This is no man's land down here. Greenville, Alabama. And if you want to see the accent that I had and who I was, search James Spann YouTube 1974. And so I, <laughs> in addition to everything else, I had to overcome, you know, the way I talked. And I can't believe to this day, why would any nitwit hire me when my voice was like that when I was in high school? But they did. And I'm so thankful for all these people that gave me a chance. I, I could go on and on about these marvelous people that were willing to take a chance on some, you know, fatherless kid. Um, and, and I will never forget those people. And that's why yeah. I try in my old age to turn around and do favors for young people today, because a lot of people sure help me. Well, yeah, you but, talk but about James, how, that's, that's no mistake, man. I mean, you, with your work ethic, I mean, it's what, what, what goes around comes around, man. It was just a matter of time. I think so. So James, you talked about your, your upbringing and where you've grown up. And, and I think that probably relates a little bit to you talk about what you do when you have interns now working with you and you're teaching them. Uh, you talk about how you take them to Walmart uh, to to teach. So I want to know what are you doing? You take if I'm an intern for you, you take me to Walmart. What are you telling me to do? What do I have to do? Oh yeah, this is how good. does that how does that this work? Is I need good. to know. Good. So um, in fact, you know the National Weather Association annual meeting is coming up in Huntsville, Huntsville. Alabama, here in a couple of weeks, and I, I'm going to be involved in a mentoring session. And and I regret I don't have the time I had you know, years ago because of all these products we have to do, but I still get involved. And so, and you know, th these kids coming in are brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. Understand if you major in meteorology, you're, you're dealing with, you know, differential equations here. You're trying to solve a fluid motion problem. It's hard. They're brilliant. But what, what I've learned over the years is that many of these brilliant, brilliant students had a hard time relating to people. And so what I like to do first is take them to a Walmart in a working class part of the city that represents the best cross section of the people we serve. You've got some high income, a lot of low income families in there, people that live in the city, people that live far away from the city. And I try and engage those interns into a conversation with the people in the Walmart. And a lot of times they cannot do it. They cannot look them in the eyes. They cannot communicate with them. And the point is, if you can't communicate with these people in a Walmart, you have no hope of communicating with people if you work for a television station, if you work for the National Weather Service running their Facebook or social media accounts. You have no hope because the people that are in that Walmart, they don't look like you. They don't have the same income that you have. They don't think like you think. They don't vote like you vote in many cases. And if you can't handle that, then maybe you want to look at research or something else. And that's okay because some people don't have that gift. They just can't do it. 
but it's an eye-opening experience. But most of the interns, they latch onto that and, and they realize to be successful, you have to relate to people. I, I tell them, look, go into a Dollar General, go, go into a dollar store, a, a Target, a Walmart, and just hang out and talk with people. That's the greatest thing you can do to help you ultimately communicate weather, and especially when you're communicating weather information about a storm that can kill somebody, because that's the ultimate goal is mitigating loss of life. How much do you think it's cell phones where the younger generation is, they're just not getting the communication skills developed that everybody else did. And it's like, you had nothing else to do except go out and play. You know, I, I think that might be part of it. Obviously we didn't have that when I, I was coming up, but, but even when I was coming up, you, you tend to congregate with people your age that have the same likes and interests. That's just human nature. And, you know, like we just hired somebody. Uh, we have a, we don't have a lot of openings here, but we had an opening. One of my meteorologists resigned here recently, and he did a very noble thing. He he has two sons. So this is Charles Daniel. They're severely autistic and nonverbal, and he quit his career to be the dad that stays at home. That they needed one of the two parents to stay at home. So anyway, we have an opening, and, and the person that we hired ultimately, and I had about two hundred people that applied for the job. Uh, and, and it's a young, I can't, I don't think I can say the name yet because it hasn't been announced in some places, but th this person said, uh, what's the one thing you'd need from me? I said, and she, this person is fairly young and it's a, she said, uh, you need to be twice your age. You need to be about 50 with uh, 2.5 kids in a minivan, a husband that's not necessarily nice to you. You have financial problems and, and, and put yourself in those shoes because those are the people that will watch you on television. And I think this person is very well equipped to do that. Um, you have to put yourself in the shoes of those people that are watching you and using your products and services, because trust me, it's, it's not people your age. Uh, and that's the other problem that the next generation's got to solve is the fact that those that are watching traditional television, they're dying. They're getting old and they're not going to be around much longer. We have to reinvent this so that it's relevant to the next generation. And I have great confidence in them. A lot of old farts like me, hey, hey millennials, hey, they're lazy. <laughs> not, they're not lazy. The ones I know, they're hardworking. They are really hardworking and they're brilliant. So I have great confidence that they'll figure out where this whole thing needs to go. That's good. Did, did you say you had Charlie Daniels working at your station? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's great. Uh, I get to hear uh, the devil went down to Georgia. Every day. <laughs> uh, uh, Charles Daniel without the S. Oh, oh okay. got it. But okay. Ginger Z, you had Ginger Z. Yeah, Ginger, uh, she looped through here in the summer of 2000. Um, uh, she was at Valparaiso. And um, in fact, we, that, we started calling her that. Her, her, that's not her real name. Her real name is Zeitgeist. And I said, Ginger Z, that, that just sounds like something that should be surgically removed. We're just going to call you Ginger Z. Uh, but, uh, she was brilliant. Uh, her academics were just impeccable. She, We didn't do the Walmart thing back in 2000, but I, I could see her interact with people, and she was just great. So we knew that she would, uh, she would go places. And that's just one of so many that have looped through here over the years. We're proud of all of them. And I, I've got them in markets all over the country. So it's kind of cool seeing your children grow up in front of you. But yeah, <laughs> you know, Ginger got on Dancing with the Stars um, a couple of years ago, and she made the finals. And when, when you make the finals, they have this big video special, and, and, and you're supposed to pick a mentor. So she picked me, and they flew some crew from Los Angeles out here to interview me. I said, guys, you know, we, we, this is an ABC TV station. We'll just shoot the video here, but it's a union thing. They had to bring them in. So, oh. uh, but uh, did you have to do the tango? <laughs> uh, why you, you were know, a mentor? Because you taught her. No, the... 
No. They, they, no, no. You don't want to see me dance. <laughs> well, hey, so uh, I, I'll tell you what. So, you know, weather apps are a dime a dozen, James. What do you call them? What do you call the Cra- dime crap a dozen? Apps. Crap Little apps. crap apps. Well, I'll tell you what. The exception to that rule is atmosphere weather. Uh, there's so much information that you can find on one screen. This is my daily go-to weather app. I can find everything I'm looking for right on one screen. It shows you a dial for the day. At the bottom of the dial is 12 a.m. At the top of the dial is 12 p.m. Shows you every hour uh, a temperature, cloud cover, precipitation chance, sunrise, sunset, and right in the middle of the dial you have uh, a radar. So you can also see an animated radar. And one swipe of your finger also adds the hourly wind speed, direction, and humidity on that same dial. So they have a free version, shows three days, and the paid version uh, version shows a seven-day forecast. You can also, and James, you might like this, you can search baseball teams. Uh, so when you look for a city, you can type in the name of a baseball team, MJ, like the Minnesota Twins, and it will show you the forecast for uh, the Twins game, and it lets you buy tickets right from that screen as well if it looks good and you want to buy tickets and go to the game. So give it a free spin. Search Atmosphere Weather in your iOS or Android app store, or you can visit atmosphereweather.com and learn more. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Go ahead and refill your drink. Check out our exclusive tracker chat with the Tornado Trackers, and uh, we'll be right back with James. Welcome to Tracker Chat, the storm chasing podcast inside of the other weather podcast. My name is Jeremy Eamon, uh, and I'm joined by my chasing partner and friend, Gabe Cox. And uh, unfortunately, our other third chasing partner, Jeff Mangum, is out this week. But this week on Tracker Chat, we want to talk about how to share uh, storm chasing duties while out with a team chasing storms. Uh, in an effort to maximize strengths, be the most efficient, and just kind of so that you don't get mad at each other because emotions can run high on a chase. Uh, and yeah, so you just want to kind of, you want to be friends at the end of the chase and hopefully have some good footage and be in the right place at the right time. Uh, Gabe, what jumps out to you as um, your key tips for maximizing strengths while on a chase? Yeah, so the one thing that we have talked about as a team consistently is that when the three of us are together, it's the ideal number. Um, So three people in the car really is the perfect number for sharing duties. That way everyone can focus on a specific task. So for me, I think having a driver who's dedicated to driving, eyes fully on the road and they are situationally aware um, of other chasers, of hazards on the road and around our vehicle. That's uh, really important. And then having someone, if you can have someone who can focus on uh, navigation and forecasting, that's, that's a really nice thing to have. Just someone who can really sit in the information that's coming out, um, especially if, as things start to go, when you have storms firing all around, if someone can really focus on what's happening um, and looking at the latest model runs and uh, observations locally, and then looking at the map and seeing what is the actual best route. Um, and then kind of the 
the one that I like to focus on just because that's what I love to do for work as well as filmmaking and having someone who can be dedicated to uh, shooting and taking photos. Um, it's a little hard to juggle all three of those. That's why we've talked about chasing solo. And I think all three of us agreed that it's, it's kind of the last resort. I hate it with a passion. Oh my God. And I know Jeremy, I think you do too. That's because you have to juggle all those things and it's just a lot. But yeah, I think if you can have at least three people, it doesn't, it hardly ever happens where it lines up perfectly like that. But when it does, it's, it feels like the magical number for us. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, um, three is the number for us. It may not be the number for you. Um, it's going to take some trial and error getting out on the road and, 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 you know, having some less than fun chases, uh, kind of reassessing and figuring it out. Go with people you enjoy, go with people you trust, yeah. uh, go with people who are good at what they do. And, um, you want to enjoy storm chasing at the end of the day. It shouldn't be, uh, something that you dread or something that you walk away from, uh, feeling defeated or discouraged, uh, our team, we kind of um, have kind of some unspoken uh, language that we use. We kind of know uh, what we're going to do and who's going to be doing what and, and things like that. So that just comes with time. But yeah, I would I would echo Gabe that uh, I hate chasing alone. It just it feels like it's a, it, it turns it into a job almost. And I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know if I like this feeling. Uh, I'd rather have this be. It can be overwhelming experience. in the middle of it. Totally, totally overwhelming. I think you touched um, on something important too when talking about sharing duties. You're going to want to share duties with someone that you trust. And luckily, that happened quickly for our team. I mean, we right off the bat, all three of us chased together and we're like, yeah, you don't want to hand off forecasting duties to someone who you don't think can forecast well or navigation duties to someone who doesn't know how to use a map very well or you know, hand off your camera to someone who doesn't shoot well. So um, I think all all three of us can do all three of those duties well. And so it makes it easy and we switch it up every now and then. Um, who's the driver? Who's shooting primarily? Um, but yeah, having having one or two people or, or more, if you want to party in the car that you really trust, um, that makes a huge difference. And it makes it a lot easier to let go of those other things that you can't focus on well. Totally. And I would say for the last thing for me, uh, just thinking about uh, storm chasing is about 90% kind of just driving <laughs> and not seeing a storm yeah. and 10% 10, 10 actual chasing. And so you're going to want to, you know, find some friends, some teammates who you can sit in a car with for an extended period of time uh, and have meals with and, and things like that. I know that's, that's, it's not always possible, but uh maybe kind of start there because that's going to be the biggest bulk of your time. Alrighty. Well, this has been Tracker Chat. We've been the Tornado Trackers. You can find us all over the internet at Tornado Trackers on Twitter, Instagram. Our website is tornadotrackers.org. Uh, and on that website, we have uh, a store. Uh, Gabe, is there anything featured on the store right now that you want to mention? Um, I think the biggest uh, selling item we have so far uh, are the t-shirts that we have. Heck yeah, those super good looking 
very stylish, very cool t-shirts. So if you're heading back to school or something like that, you want to look fresh, uh, let the world know that you appreciate Storm. Uh, get one of those t-shirts. Thanks so much to the Storm Front Freaks guys for allowing us to tag along on their podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, this has been Tracker Chat. Uh, we'll see you next time. Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're with legendary Alabama meteorologist James Spann. Now, James, I'm going to change it up here a little bit. Uh, I did tease about this in our, our Twitter feed uh, before we were recording, but the one part of the book that actually got me laughing out loud was you talked about a, a pseudo-spring break trip that you took. <laughs> this and, is good. <laughs> and you have to understand, James, while, while I was reading your book, uh, by the way, it's called Weathering Life, uh, James Spann, it's from Crest Publishers. But while I was reading your book, I, I, I envisioned you as you are now telling all of these stories. So when all of a sudden I heard the words poop and <laughs> brute cologne, uh, I, I busted out laughing. So you, you got to tell a little bit of, of your poop story. Because <laughs> I So this was the uh, summer of 1976. I, I had just turned 20. And I think at some point, everybody goes on a trip to Florida or somewhere and you do some stupid stuff. Um, so we went to Daytona Beach. You guys ever been to Daytona oh, Beach yeah. before? Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, so uh, a couple of it, I think we had five on the trip. A couple of them uh, found some joint where they were like mixed drinks were a nickel or something really cheap. And uh, so they, they uh, partake, uh, partook of the drinks and they came back in an inebriated state. And I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it was horrific. <laughs> it, the whole thing was a nightmare. One guy was so drunk. It, well, when they started fighting. The two guys were fighting. And as they were fighting, one of the guys had pooped in his pants. And oh it, was like, it was like in his underwear. And it was just like Ew. sagging out of here. I probably oh. shouldn't even be talking about this on this show. This is nasty. <laughs> Senior and, poopy uh, pants. <laughs> and so, so, uh, and we, we it was I don't even want to get into the net gross details, but after you know, they kind of passed out, we didn't know what to do. It was horrible. It was like a cesspool in this room. So we started sprinkling brute cologne on top of everything. Oh, where, where that stuff had, and so you had this oh, this poop God. and brute cologne. It we finally it was, it, 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 there was a little you know patio out there. So we finally went out there, and, and those of us that were not involved Good in breeze. that slept on the patio, but. Uh, we, we should have tipped those poor, you know, people, the, the housekeepers, massive amounts of money to clean that up. Did this, Didn't somebody did this day to the, in the sink? Yeah, yeah. We caught one of the guys. He was sitting on the sink. He thought it was the toilet. Oh. So there was poop in the sink. And, oh, my God. I mean, what, what's the matter with you? I mean, I, 
none mm. of that. Good old just summer, of, summer of whatever that You was. can't even wash summer. your hands yeah, afterwards. No, no, it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you needed some guys in the space suits, the decontamination <laughs> suits to come in there and clean that. Mess. It's, you know, oh. Typical guys weekend. Typical guys everything, weekend. James, everything in the book seems to be, I, I, I should do a search of how many times you said the summer of. I mean, your, your whole life story seems to be based upon the summer of something, the summer of this year. Why is that? Yeah. Why is why is your or, history or the, based or the, on the summer? It was, it, was, it was the summer or the spring of. Uh, the spring of would be the severe weather, and, and the summer would be the fun stuff, sure. I guess. But, I, you know, <laughs> and I'll say this. I did live in a small town in South Alabama called Greenville. But what happened, we moved to Tuscaloosa when I started fifth grade. And as you know, Tuscaloosa is known for weather. And, I, I again, I just think that look back on it and as painful as a lot of that stuff was if i didn't move i probably would be an engineer uh doing that stuff because i experienced all this active weather in the 1970s uh in in west alabama so again i think it was just part of what needed to happen for me to do this it all adds up yeah you know the, the first time i saw a tornado uh, damage I, it was ending my junior year we talked about the super outbreak and the stuff i saw that night the year before that may 27 1973 we had a horrible f4 tornado that hit a town southwest of tuscaloosa called brent on a sunday night and again they sent us down there we were one of the first groups into that city i've never seen anything like that um the darkness the eerie feel the smell the everything I've, I've never seen anything like that we stayed there for three days uh, with the ham radio gear but that was the first time i'd really ever seen tornado damage uh and um it, it was to this day i remember it like it was yesterday five people were killed in this small town one man was killed in the brent baptist church his name was andrew mitchell and uh, we got in there, and goodness gracious, you, you, I don't know if you guys have ever been into a tornado zone within maybe 15, 30 minutes after it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you'll see a lot of stuff that you're not going to see the next day. And uh, again, it was not the vivid event like the next year, that hospital event in 74, but still that night was remarkable. You talked about the smells, which is something that you don't usually hear people say. You know, you, you, it's a video that you're watching and you know you, you paul harvey was a great storyteller but when you when you started talking about the smells you really had mara i was trying to understand some of the descriptions that you had can you be more clear like you even mentioned like the, the scent of death right a lot of the first responders have called it the scent of death when you come into a tornado zone where there's loss of life and there are human bodies they describe it and quite frankly nobody to this day knows exactly what it is we know that part of it and, and I, it was a very very distinct odor i and, and again that's the first time i noticed it was 1973 with this brent tornado part of it is pine trees we have a lot of pine trees here and that's part of it but the other part it's this sulfur type odor and the, the bizarre thing about this and everybody describes it to me they did back then these first responders that this will stay with you for a few days and it did you can take a shower put on clean clothes and it's still present and after about three days it tends to fade away I, it's a very bizarre thing I, I don't know if any other people listening or watching this have experienced that but you, that's right when you go into a tornado zone and people have died and the bodies have not been recovered 
it's it's downright eerie. It's like something from the pit of hell or something. I, I don't know what it is. But in, in my position today, I'm paid to stand in front of a green wall in this TV studio. So I don't I, I will go to these tornado disaster areas, but typically in the days following where everything's, you know, obviously the bodies have been removed and it's not there anymore. So that was my one time dealing with that. And I did notice it the next year uh, in, in 74, we went to a town called Guin, which was hit by an EF5. Of course, back then it was an F5. And I noticed that same odd odor, the sin of death. And to this day, I just don't know what a lot of that is. I've watched a lot of old Westerns and they used to talk about that. He's got the scent of death on him. And I was like, what the heck are they taught now? It made sense after reading your book. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And you've actually survived a couple of near-death experiences yourself. Yeah, I, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the ones that just to this day, it's pretty remarkable. I, when, when I worked at that small TV station in Tuscaloosa, you did everything. And, and, and again, I did weather, yes, but you also covered news. You cleaned the bathroom. You, you changed the teletype ribbon ink. And you guys don't even remember teletypes. Those things were awesome. I wish I, I had do. a teletype machine at my house. <laughs> uh, but you changed the ink and you do all this stuff. But there was a wreck on, on Interstate 5920 near Tuscaloosa. And they said, you need to go down there and get some video of this. Uh, and his, so I went down, it was about 10 miles southwest of town, and it turned out it wasn't a big deal. A, a pickup truck had hit a bridge abutment, and there was a state trooper car there in that pickup truck. So and I said, well, I'm here. I'll get some video, even though this probably won't even make the news. So, And, and I was in my own personal car. We didn't have news vehicles. And I, I got the camera, and this was back when ENG was brand new, electronic news gathering. This was not a film camera. This was videotape. And... Uh, and the batteries had died. And that really made me mad because I had charged two new batteries. Two batteries were fully charged. And somehow one had discharged. I'm thinking, well, great. So I went to get the other one. So put the other one in and went to turn on the camera to shoot that wreck. And the second stinking battery was discharged. They were both dead. I had just charged these. And I was really fuming mad. I had come all the way down there. I was going to bring back nothing. And about the time I threw that equipment in the back of my car, I heard this noise. I was parked on the side of the road, and, and this 18-wheeler came barreling through there at probably 70, 80 miles an hour, full speed, no brake. And he hit the original pickup truck and a state trooper car, and the whole thing exploded in fire. And if, if either one of those batteries would have been working, I would have been there shooting that original wreck with my back to that 18-wheeler. I would have been killed instantly. There would have been no pain. Uh, and as it turned out later, we learned that the, the driver had fallen asleep. Uh, the state wow. trooper had to jump off this bridge. The guy from the original pickup truck, he had to jump off the bridge. And they had pretty serious injuries because of the uh, length of that fall. But I should have died that day. That was in the summer of 1978. Uh, and to this day, I'm not quite so sure why I survived that or why I'm here. But I, I do think that my maybe my, my grandmother had died at the same time. And my mom would have had to bury her mom and me within two days of each other. So maybe it was to pre prevent her pain. I, I don't know. That's a guardian angel. Yeah. seriously. Yeah. yeah. The, the, and, and again, I, I don't throw miracle out easily. I really don't. But th that was some type of providence where for some reason I needed to stay here. Um, mm. It was just amazing i felt like it was for you too yeah, yeah. and you know it's funny i was so mad i was i mean i was mad because <laughs> you know i was going to come back to the station with nothing i came all the way down there nothing and uh about the time i threw that equipment in the in the car the, the whole thing exploded just massive flames i mean mm -hmm. it was horrifying so so james i think uh, we've got time for one more question um 
what is like, you know, you've had a very, very long and successful career, more than, uh, you know, most in the industry. Do you have like a North Star you're chasing or, you know, have you already accomplished all of your goals or do you still have more goals or you're trying to shoot for? Or I'm always curious with people that are, you know, what I would say at the top. Do you have something else you're chasing or what's the future, you know? Uh, all I'm concerned about is this high loss of life during tornadoes. We've got to fix that. You know, we, we had a deal this year, this year, 2019. One day back in March, 23 people, 23 people died in my state from an EF4 tornado. That's insane. That's what drives me. And that's we're not there. Yeah. I, I had a good feeling about it because what happened you know, down here eight years ago in one day on my watch, 252 people died from tornadoes. That is absolute insanity. Nobody should accept that, and I sure don't. And uh, we had a pretty good-sized tornado last year come through a college town. Nobody died. We're thinking, okay, all these things we've learned from social scientists, all the improvements we've made, the false alarm ratio is so much lower, it's starting to work. But we had a setback this year. So that's what motivates me, and that's – we've got a lot of work to do in the weather enterprise. There's something still not right. And this is a hard issue because in the case of what happened in March of this year, many of those that died, died in mobile homes, trailers. And it is what it is. People will continue to live in them. And they offer wonderful, affordable housing, but they're a death trap during a tornado. So as a weather enterprise, we have to come up with something. Maybe it's an intermediate type message between a watch and a warning to get those people out of there. So that's what motivates me. And there's a whole lot of work to do. And I mean a lot. And my priority in my career is to try and fix these problems because there's too many people losing their lives. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is go to Walmart and talk to people about their perception about weather. And you'll know there's a lot of work. Well, hey, well, hey, that's the sound. It is time for our lightning round. So this is our game show of, of flashy questions we always have with our guest. Uh, we always invite everybody else to play along. But James, tonight, so you, you have a history. You, you did what anybody in radio has always dreamed of doing, which is buying their own radio station at one point. <laughs> yes. What, what year was that, that you bought your own radio station? This was 1986. 86. And you were there, how long, how many years did you have that? We owned it for three, three years. Three years. Three. Okay. So tonight, so we're going to play a little homage to that, and we're going to play a little game. It's called Top 10, but it's called Top 10 AC. And what, uh, James, what does AC stand for? What kind of station did you have? Adult Contemporary. Good old adult contemporary <laughs> music. So here's, here's the game. I'm going to play for you uh, some songs. Okay, and, and number one, you can try and guess if you know what the name of the song is, but, but the goal is you got to try and decide, was this a top 10 adult contemporary song in the 1980s according to Billboard or not? All the songs I'm playing for you were in the top 100, but I want to know if you think if they were in the top 10 or not. Does that make sense? Yeah, this is hard oh, to this go. Is this be interesting. <laughs> well, you, you were actually on air. You owned the station and you were on air, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did mornings. Okay. Uh, and boy, the, the cool thing about when you own your own radio station, you can do weather 24 hours a day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Nobody tells you what to do. There you go. Yeah, nobody. Right, so, I'm, the, I'm the man. So here's the, fir- here's the first song I'm going to play for you. And again, if, if I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. If you can go ahead and if, can you guess the name of the song or, or group? This is a little smooth tonight, jazz. Tonight, tonight, yeah. Smooth jazz. This is, uh, this is, 
Wham! Exclamation Wham. point. Yeah, that's George Michael, right? Careless, yep. Yeah. Careless Whisper. Careless so here's whisper the question. Too. Careless Whisper was somewhere in the top 100, but was it a top 10 song in the 1980s? Yeah. Was it? Did it finish in the top 10 for the whole decade? I, I, my, my guess is no. You'd be incorrect. It was 10th. Wow. Oh, it yeah, was 10th. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's maybe not high, fair. Yeah. But it was 10th. All right, playing the next one. Paul McCartney. It's Paul McCartney. And? And? Ebony, Ebony and Ivory. Steve, well, Stevie Wonder and, and Paul Stevie McCartney. Wonder, yeah. Okay, Ebony and Ivory. So question is, was it a top 10? Did it finish in the top 10 for the 80s, adult contemporary? No. You would be correct. It was 25th. Oh, ah, that wow. was 25th. So good job. All right, moving on to the next one. Brady, you might you might know this one. Oh, this is oh, a Rick yeah. Roll song. Rick Rick Astley. You got this Rick is, Rolled. We get, we've been Rick Rolled on this show here. There we go. <laughs> wow. So this was a 1980s contemporary hit. Uh, it did finish in the in the top 100, but did it finish in the top 10, James? No. Uh, and that would be correct. It was 60th. Oh, 60. This is a famous song. Rick is more popular now than he was back then. That's true. (laughs) I would agree. All right, here we go. There's another one. This is Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie, right? Good job. Hello. Hello. Alabama. Okay, so Hello by Lionel Richie. Was it uh, in the 80s top 10? This was a top 10, yes. You are correct. It was second. It was second. That's good. You had that one down. All right, next one. Same group. This is it's Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie again. Yeah. It, it is Lionel Richie. Stuck on you. Stuck on you. Right. All right. So Stuck it was in the top hundred, but was it uh, the deficient in the top ten? No. You would be incorrect. This oh. finished seventh. Lionel had Lionel had these two. Wow. Really? He actually, I'll say this. He had three in the top ten. You are. He had you are too. You are the same. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So he had Lionel Richie was king of AC, I guess. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next one. I kind of I already gave it away on this one, but yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I should have said that. <laughs> cool dances wow. in the eighties. Right, so who is this? Who do you got? <laughs> hmm, that's a hard one. James, who, who do we got? You know this one? Well, it's obviously Lionel Richie. Does Lionel Richie say you say me? Was it was it the fish in the top ten in the eighties? Oh sure, yes. Why not? Actually, this one did not. <laughs> did not. Oh, <laughs> you guys are sneaky, yeah. bunch of sneaky snakes on this show. But it was sixteenth. It was sixteenth. So Lionel's just killing it. Uh, all right, here's another one. This is Dion Warwick. You got nice. it, baby. Good job. Do you, do you know who else uh, sang on this song with her? Let me fast forward. It was a, du- it was a duet. Um, Stevie Wonder. Hey, Stevie yeah. Wonder. I think there was others too, but yeah, this this is the uh, it's the Farm Aid or something or one of those songs. Yeah, I want to say it was one of those Aid type songs. Yeah, I think it was too. All right, so it was in the top 100. Did it finish in the top 10? Uh, yes. Uh, it. Did not. It was 41st. Wow. Really? It was 41st. Okay. 41st. All right. Uh, three more. Three more. Three more. Here we go. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Oh, yeah. This is Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Uh, his, first, his band was called Genesis before he went solo. Yeah, it was yeah. a great group. 
So, so this is another day in paradise. Yeah, this is. I've, I've, not, I've not heard this in a long time. I, I would Here. say no. This was not in the top ten. And you are correct to finish fifteenth. Mm. But do you know bonus? Do you know who he sang this song with? Anybody that's open to anybody from Crosby, no. Stills, and Nash, David Crosby. David Crosby. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You learn a lot on this show. Yeah, you learn something. It's sometimes not what you want to learn, but you know. Yeah. All right, two more. Two more. Uh, this is Jefferson Starship. Starship. Well, maybe they, 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 maybe they just called themselves Starship back in the 80s. Yeah. They were the yeah. Jefferson Starship back in the 70s. Were they Jefferson the name of the song Airplane? Is called, the name of the song is called Sarah. Sarah, um, yep. I, were they I was Jefferson actually, Airplane first? <laughs> it was Jefferson yeah, Airplane. Then Starship. Uh, I, I was actually in Dallas on Channel 4 uh, when, when this was popular. I was listening to Ron Chapman on KBILFM. Uh, I would say uh, that uh, was not in the top 10. Uh, you would be correct. It was 63rd. Mm. It was 63rd. And then uh, and then let's go. We'll hit the last one. Bill, this better be Old Town Road. All right? <laughs> Come oh, on. good one. Good album. I hear the seagulls. Um, <laughs> I'll fast forward here a little yeah, bit. I, I cherish this song. So this is Cool in the Gang. This is okay. not my favorite Cool in the Gang song. No, but it's pretty good. Too, too Hot was their greatest song. Let's Cherish. Cherish. Uh, did, this finish, did this finish no, in the top no, 10? No, no, this was not, no. And you would be incorrect. Whoa. It actually finished. This baby was number one. Wow. No way. Number, no number way. one. Place it. Yep, number one. So anyway, you did a great job. You knew your AC. Adult contemporary music, James. I'm Next impressed. game, let's do DC. <laughs> yeah. DC, DC. <laughs> All right, James, so do, do us a favor. First off, tell us how listeners can find your book. Yeah, uh, it's going to be on Amazon after Christmas, but if you want it now, it's uh, on, on the website Spanbook. I have two N's in my name, spanbook.com. Uh, after Christmas, it'll be on uh, Amazon. But uh, for now, spanbook.com. And uh, they'll ship it right out. And so how if you're, um, NWA, if you're NWA in Huntsville, I'll be at the Weatherfest uh, the Saturday before NWA signing and selling them there. Impressive. How and how can they follow you? Social media. Uh, span S P A N N on the Twitter and on the face bag, uh, Facebook.com <laughs> slash James Span. Very good. And, uh, and unless I, you're a troll. Unless you're a and, troll. And, and, and on the gram, it's yeah, Span WX. No trolls. <laughs> well, I do want to say this. Thanks to Crest Publishing. Uh, for uh, making for sure. uh, copies of your book available. If you actually follow us on Twitter, go to at Stormfront Freak, uh, and we're going to have a post up there uh, tomorrow, so starting for a week, on how you can win a copy of James' new book uh, called Weathering Life. So uh, check out that as well. James, thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate you coming on as well. We're going to take... Yeah, we could talk all we're, night. We're thanks, gonna take, Go ahead. Uh, we're we're going to take our final break. Uh, we'll be right back with WX Resources and our hashtag WeatherFools. Hey, it's Ginger Z from ABC News, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. All right, welcome back. Time now for WX Resources, cool places you can find weather-related stuff. And to kick us off, ladies first, Dina, what do you have tonight? 
Okay, so this is actually pretty cool. It's a new experimental website from NOAA. It's NOAA slash AOML, which is like the Atlantic Oceanic Oceanographic Meteorological Laboratory or something. And um, hopefully everybody can get on here and look at it. It's a really long um, address, so I'll I'll let um, let you guys look at this <laughs> page. Spell it it's out. way too long. <laughs> you. If you if you Google NOAA AOML Hurricane Ocean Viewer, you'll find it. But what's really cool is you can look all over the world and you can put different layers on here. You can put hurricanes, uh, which are experimental, and turn that on. You can turn on this. I like the sea surface temperatures. Like I turned on the hurricane experimental and you can see the invest that we have down um, like near the Bahamas and then uh, Tropical Storm Ivo. But you can move around and look anywhere you want. There's a ton of stuff on here. So I'm encouraging people to look at it. And then tweet me anything cool you see on here, because I really just recently discovered this. But you've got um, ocean currents, clouds, hurricanes, winds, all kinds of cool stuff on here. And um, I've started using it. And so uh, I'm just getting to know it myself. And you can toggle on and toggle off. But try it out and uh, let us know what you think. I would like to hear how other people use it, too. Dina, what are those? Are those dots buoys? I think they're, um, let's see, some of these things, I'm not even sure what they are. They, they have all these acronyms, A-Argo. I don't know what some of these are. Like sensors or something. Those have got to be like live. Maybe. Maybe. And I'm not even sure. Those were a lot. So I don't know if those were actually buoys or they could be. Yeah. But even when I look at the buoy data that, that you see online, that was quite a bit. I don't know yeah. what the Argo stands for, some of these. So um just and the then you've got surface is cool. Oh, yeah, it's really sure. cool. You can change your projections and regions. So I'm getting to know it. If you guys think it's something cool or find something cool on it, uh, you know, tweet us. Let me let me hear what you got to say about it. Very cool, Dina. I like that. Yeah, that's, a, that's a nice new one. It's been a while sometimes since we have a really cool new one. Yeah, I just discovered it. Yeah, very awesome. Thank you. Phil, you got one. I do. So this is, uh, and very similar to Dina. So Dina is kind of showing uh, Noah. Noah does a lot of experimental uh, things that, that a lot of times you just don't hear about because they don't advertise it. Uh, but one of them is called INWS or Interactive NWS. And, and a lot of, you can purchase from a lot of companies. Uh, you can purchase specific um, kind of weather information where you can tell it, hey, if uh, I want to be told or sent a text alert or an email if there is, you know, a, a thunderstorm warning or watch issued for my area, if I have lightning detected in my area, um, if there's rain coming. But a lot of times those are paid services. And INWS, Interactive National Weather Service, um, actually provides this mobile alerting. You can receive customized text messages and email alerts for uh, National Weather Service products that you care about. And you basically can tell it uh, and, and make a polygon for the area that you want to be warned about oh. or informed about. So and it will send you personal, yep, it will send you personal text alerts to uh, or email alerts for whatever polygon you choose that you want to get those messages from. Now, the caveat to this is uh and if i'll read at the bottom here of the website it says uh, inws is an experimental service it's intended for national weather service core partners 
emergency managers, community leaders, other government agencies, and the electronic media. So this isn't, unfortunately, you know, John Doe can't get on and um, send in a request to be registered for this and added to this. You, you have to somehow, you know, say that, hey, I'm, I'm a community leader or I work for a government agency. But I'm telling you, that's going to be probably pretty liberal. I mean, you could say, hey, I'm a leader at my church and we want to be informed of this stuff. Uh, or I'm a leader at whatever, you know, work for me, working at a, a, a Division One college athletic program uh, at a public college, you know, that allows me to be able to say, hey, we need to have this kind of information. So it's just kind of a neat thing. Uh, this is at inws.ncep.noaa.gov, and then it allows you from that site to register, um, and then if you get chosen, they'll uh, send you that information. That's really cool. I like yeah. that concept. Yeah. It'd be interesting when it's when it's out there in the future. I wonder if they'll like. Yeah. Please send your donations to you know something like that. <laughs> but anyway, so if in case you missed those links, you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com, Go to episode eighty six in the show notes area. You'll be able to see that, or on your podcast app to find out those links and the videos. All right, back to you. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Maz. And I've been, I'm instructed by our fearless leader, Phil, to hold my mic very close so everyone can <laughs> hear me. Guess what time it is, guys? It is time for Weather Fools. I know this is everyone's favorite part of the podcast where us as Stormfront Freaks are going out on the Internet. We're going out wherever we can find someone that did something silly, stupid, or just downright foolish. It involves the weather. So I know... Phil's dying to share his weather fool this week. Phil, what is your... All weather? right, I've, I've got two this week. So uh, both of them are from Twitter. And one of them is actually, uh, this is uh, Vian, Oklahoma. Uh, but this is on the Twitter feed of at 5 News Matt. This is Matt Stanridge, uh, who I believe is a meteorologist for 5 News in uh, Oklahoma. But he shared this from Jennifer Byers of Vian, Oklahoma. It's a video. Uh, she appears to be standing outside during a storm. And uh, while she's taking video across her pond, oh a lightning bolt Ooh. struck, I'd say, maybe 200 feet from her. Wow. Uh, and, and it was pretty powerful. And they actually stop it and zoom in so you can see it. And um, But... You know, I, I'm I'm not immune to standing outside during thunderstorms and and watching mm. things. So I'm probably a weather fool too if I'm calling Jennifer a weather fool, but I'm doing it. So uh, <laughs> Jennifer is my weather fool there. The second one I'm going to share with you, also from Twitter. This is from at Severe Weather EU. So this is in uh, Europe. Uh, they they always put some strange uh, and I sometimes really Twitter good videos. Though. Yeah, it's, it's they're good. great. So here's some guy in Europe. I, I don't know what language he speaks if you actually listen to it and watch, but he's standing by, I don't know if this is a river or part of a lake with something running into it, but he is standing talking to the camera, and this there's a flash flood, and this sucker is coming oh, from behind him. <laughs> and oh, next thing you know, he realized it's coming pretty fast, <clears throat> and it's strong. I mean, this is some floodwaters. Yeah coming right oh, at him he looks like he's acting like moses yeah, yeah. well it does say uh, you shall not pass uh, right like gandalf and then he just runs he's like oh my god this is catching up to me 
<laughs> and he takes off booking it across the field because that oh, flash yeah. flood is uh, a crow. Wow. encroaching quite fast and the cameraman eventually does the same thing he realizes oh my god huh. <laughs> and the coming. cameraman it's now coming. you see sky right you see <laughs> wow it's a miracle he oh, yeah. dropped the camera wow wow i like yeah. that one like, yeah both of those were pretty great it. yeah um <laughs> so so i i think i have a weather fool along the same lines mine's actually a little more serious um it has to do with lightning. You know, it's that time of year where people are outside. And this was actually from Poland. Uh, there was no video to this, but uh, there was a report that just came out tonight that uh, there was a lightning storm in the Tatra Mountains in southern Poland. Um, and it actually killed five people and injured over 100 people. Whoa. And wow. this was just one thunderstorm. I mean, and it's just like, man, like, I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that happening, but... It just shows you the power, you know, the raw power of lightning and, and people need to take it seriously. And, and that's it's really, really, really sad. So what were they doing? Uh, well, I think it was a campground um, and, and it was a popular hiking spot. So my guess is it, it just, you know, the storm probably came during the day when everyone's out hiking and it just caught people by surprise. And yeah, man, that, that's why it roars. Go indoors. Go indoors. Oh, yeah. Yep. You got to you got to pay attention to that. That is serious. So For sure. All right, Dina, you're next. Who is your weather? All favorite? right. So I have one. Um, and this was from Joel Young. And I, I hate to make fun of Joel Young because he looks very sweet. But he gets <laughs> he on like here and he guy. says, when our weather graphics fail, we have to improvise like we did last night, just like you're in church or school. And so what happens is he's he's on here. He has to talk through the forecast because his weather system died. He's and got no graphics. He's got no graphics, but I'm thinking, you know, buddy, this is when you like talk. You have an IFB in your ear. Tell the director you need time to reboot it. And so he's talking to he he's talking about this. He's like, follow along like you're in church and like you're opening your Bible, and or you're in school and you're opening your book just like you're in church. <laughs> and that was, like, that was that was killing me. Is that like? <laughs> I don't know, but it was one of those things like, you know. You, you can get around these things. Yep. You can move segments quickly, talk to the director and the producer and, and so forth while, because the weather person's usually kind of off to the side unless there's something breaking. So they can say, hey, I'm going to need two more minutes. Move that move that segment up and let me reboot this. But move he that just said, cat story up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Some puppies. I will reboot my system. But I just laughed. And he's like, just pretend you're in church and you're going to open your Bible. <laughs> you know, it's funny. All right, yeah. so that's it. All right, well, uh, I think we got one left, right, MJ? Your last? We do. Yes, we do. So um, at uh, jclick65 found this on Twitter and sent this in to us, and you watch this video as it gets going. There's a little bit of water there that they're, wow. uh, that they're driving through, and you watch it come over the hood a couple of times. And they're just yucking it up going through. You can see them in the rear view mirror. So this is the, the passenger. This is the passenger taking the video. Yep. And the guy driving, it's not so bad here. Uh, and again, you'll have to watch this. Those Getting higher. Uh -oh, uh -oh. Just uh -oh. Right up over the hood. 
Is he floating? Does the and car it, die? Oh, there goes the car. Yeah, nope, the it keeps going. You watch Wait, really? ahead as you oh, watch wow. ahead a little bit. Pretty it's quick. You're gonna see. Maybe I'll fast forward real quick. How, how is that oh, able to keep going? It is yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, over the hood. There's another car. There's another car. Either side of him. Yep. And a pickup truck that stalls right in front of him. And then they say the last thing you hear in it is, oh, we got to go around that guy. And then it stops. Wow. They must they must have an exhaust pipe going up or something. It, it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. But yeah, wow. so that's a that's a weather fool. And that was that's sent definitely. to us by at jclick65. And he he or she found that on uh, Twitter somewhere. That was a good video. That was, was good. a good video. Yeah. But don't do that. But don't, don't do that. Learn, yeah. learn from yeah. that person and <laughs> not do, do what that. they did. Don't you be the fool. Exactly. Anyway. You can do um, it. Yep, exactly. So so I think that's it for the Weather Fools, guys. Uh, if you want to check out more or watch the videos again, you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com, check the show notes section, look for episode 86, or you can check it out in your favorite podcast app. And uh, that wraps it up, Phil. Take Very us away. Very good. All right, well, hey, it's time It's time to go ahead and check our inbox. Send me a postcard, drop me a line. You've got mail, baby, yeah. All right, MJ, what do we got? We got a couple of mails, and they got some visuals for those of uh, you who are watching uh, this episode uh, to go along with it. Um, at Media Ardent uh, sent us this, said, just wanted to share some weather from last night here in Kansas. A couple of nice weather pictures. Yeah, lightning Is that bolt. upward lightning? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's wow. pretty cool. It's could have got more than three likes. My Thank God. you, at Media Ardent. <laughs> and then uh, at Turbulent Skies um, provided this one and said... Uh, Finished this oh. up, little weather art, uh, while listening to the latest at Stormfront Freak podcast with guest Reed Timmer. That's cool. It's like a nice updraft right yeah. there for sure. Yeah, he's got. If if you don't follow uh, at Turbulent, I think it's underscore skies. Yep, at Turbulent underscore skies. Yeah, he 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 does some uh, great, beautiful, beautiful art. Uh, yep, weather Check that art. Out. It's really good. So that's what's in our freak fan box. Thanks for uh, sending that to us. Uh, nice. Follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. Uh, you'll find us on Facebook and uh, email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Love to hear Send from you. Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Love that it. about <laughs> does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Thanks for listening or watching. Before I reveal who our next guest is going to be, uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, do us a favor. Just uh, go ahead and, and give us a, a great review on your podcast app. Um, and obviously, if you write anything, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and, and share that on the next show. Um, and tag us on your social media account like some of these uh, folks did as well. And like I said, we'll share that as well. Don't forget, while you're there, subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. It uh, works just like a magazine or a newspaper subscription. Uh, you hit subscribe, and the minute we release a new show you will get it right in your podcast inbox. So uh, don't forget free. to do that. And it's free, and it's right? Free. It's absolutely free. It's free. And special thanks to our guest tonight, James Spann. Yeah, good job, awesome. James. Uh, he's got some amazing stories, man. That's <laughs> good old poop and brute. That's good. <laughs> uh, our, our next episode is in two weeks. We will be recording on September blank. I didn't put a date here on my script. When's our... When is it? September? Anybody? Fifth? fifth That'd be the fifth. September would be. Okay. So, so September 5th, we're recording with author Andrew Blum uh, of the new book, The Weather Machine. So we'll be talking with Andrew. Nice. If you'd like to watch the recording live, it'll be at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 central. 
check out our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. So for MJ, for Maz, Dina, and Brady, welcome back, my friend. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we're going to go ahead and catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.